Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry, and it's been a while since I'm saying this, but Max and Terry are not here. I mean, what do you think they do? Do they record with me all day? No, they don't. They have lives. Important things are happening for Terry and Max today. I'm not going to say what they are because it's frankly none of my business. I know what it is, but it's still not my business. But <laughs> so they're not around. But 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 we have we have a new person in the chair today. Uh, Thomas is joining us and. For those of you who follow the Toffee Blues website or the Twitter account, you may recognize the name Thomas because Thomas writes content for the Toffee Blues website. But additionally, he uh, live tweets games often for us and gets gets all the, the social media involvement. <laughs> yeah. And this is so. So, yeah. So, Thomas, welcome, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So. Uh, so quick little story for people that are listening um, I think it was maybe half a year ago. I think I was at the beach <laughs> when I got a random message from a really nice guy who was reaching out and saying, "You know, I'd really, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to come on sometime to talk about talk about Everton, talk about talk about football." And I said, "Well, you seem like a really nice guy. Let me talk to the powers that be, because I'm not the decision maker, because I'm just an old man." <laughs> and and uh, and actually, it was favorably looked on favorably. So Thomas was that guy. Spoiler alert! Yeah. <laughs> so so it's just it's really cool that Thomas has basically come in and worked hard and helped us out so much, and now he's coming on, kind of gradually getting more and more comfortable, and it's just awesome. So I'm pretty excited. I, I'm psyched because I saw this from the very beginning, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, you were the first person. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I'm just excited that you're, you're able to do this. Um, so the more people listen to Thomas, you might notice he's, he's not from, from the Liverpool area. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way, Thomas. Where are you from? I'm from Gateshead, which is just outside of Newcastle. So um, I'm not too far away, but it's definitely not around Liverpool. Right. I just want to go ahead and get that out of the way before people are like, wait a minute, I'm placing that accent. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> uh, so, so you're from the Newcastle area. I, uh, how, I catch this question a lot. People stare at me very strangely when I tell them I support Everton. It's actually kind of hilarious. Everybody asks me my story. What is your story? How are you an Everton supporter? Uh, well, when I was very young, uh, when I was out for lunch with my uncle, and my uncle's been an Everton fan since, since forever, all his family were. So then he just introduced me and I got hooked, basically. Uh, it wasn't really my dad or my brother, it was my uncle. I'm not sure why I chose Everton, but here we are now. So that, see, that's a, that's a really, it was just kind of like, it just felt right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked it over the colour or something. I think I was like five or six. I think it's just because it was blue and we've ended up here. So, yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that because, you know, tipping my hand, I don't pull for any red teams in my entire life. And I'm talking about all sports. I'm talking about like being a young American kid from the South. The teams that none of the teams I pull for are red. It's just weird how it's lined up like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, and uh, so interesting, very cool. So uh, I, I'm I'm totally cool with with, uh, with drawing Everton supporters based on color. I'm totally yeah, fine with yeah. that. Yeah, it, it was how I chose it back then, and it's, I don't know. I've always stuck with it. So is has it been weird being uh, in the Newcastle area and supporting Everton? Is it the kind of thing where you, do you feel a little isolated at times? Uh, definitely, I've definitely got a lot of abuse over the years, but we tend to beat them anyway, so it's quite good for me, because Bain scored that absolute scream of a free kick against them quite a few years ago now. I was there at the time, and I don't know, it's never been too difficult. It's quite easy to yeah. wind them all up as well, because obviously they've definitely gone downhill recently, so I enjoy doing that. <laughs> That's nice to be in that position, you know? Yeah. I, I, tend, to, I tend to support teams that... I have to defend often, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> the, those teams where they're not easy to, to support, you know what I mean? It's like they take work. Um, yeah. And normally I think some people would associate 
Everton as being one of those teams. You just happen to be in a situation where the majority around you... I'm in a very lucky little... situation that <laughs> Everton are actually one of the better teams. So. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I guess uh, really quickly also, just to kind of throw this out there, what is your, what is your normal real life like? What do you do? Um, in year 12, I still go to Sixth Form College. So that's pretty much all I do most of the time. So, so just throwing this out there too, Thomas is super young. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas is super young, but uh, the fact is, uh, really, really responsible. So that's how that's how this that's how this works. You know, if uh, if a guy can can sit there and have the responsibility to just contribute content the way you do and to live tweet because live tweeting is not easy. I've done it. I got to be honest, Thomas. I hate it. I really don't like what. Really, I'm glad you do. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm the worst at it. I obsess <laughs> over every little thing I put up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm just like, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Maybe our formation isn't what I thought it, it was. <laughs> you get a b- blasted with comments like saying, no, that's wrong. Oh, yeah. See, I just obsess over that stuff. I'm glad you don't. Well, I tend to get a text from my friends if I ever say something, which they're not particularly happy with. So when I was live tweeting the Newcastle game, I was winding them up a bit in my tweets. You probably couldn't tell then, but I was definitely uh, winding them up then, and they were texting me. They weren't happy at all. That's that's awesome. That's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> the fact that your your friends know that you do that. Uh, my friends are yeah. forty, like me, an American, and they have no idea what I do. Yeah, they, they don't understand this this part of me. This is like separate worlds. Worlds are not colliding ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, just want to throw all that out there. Welcome, Thomas. This Thank is you. this is awesome. A new a new contributor, coming. Uh, you know, stepping to the forefront. Uh, <laughs> so for for podcast listeners out there, this is this is the lineup. You know, cue the summary music that always accompanies the little the little flurry, the table of contents, if you will, for this for this episode. We're starting with the Bournemouth reaction. Three points. Hard-earned three points, if I if I do say so, uh, but three points nonetheless. So we're going to start with that. Thomas will will drop all his knowledge on you, uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, Richarlison, Richarlison's best position. There's been a lot of Twitter discussion about whether he should be on the be out wide or if he should be, if he should be our center striker, center forward, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, where should this guy go? I mean, it's, it's a good problem the fact that he's got that much flexibility. Um, and then we're going to. We'll talk about Dean, Luca Dean. Is he our best signing this season? You know, I, we're going to try to make a genuine argument out of it. I don't know if we can. <laughs> it might not really be debate, debatable at all, but we're going to try. And then we're going to finish. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's not easy because that guy's wonderful. Uh, and, and we're going to close with a lightning round because we've been trying to. Because uh, it's Thomas's first time on. So uh, we've been doing a little getting to know you kind of thing. So we're going to do a lightning round with Thomas in which I'll give him a series of short and short, short questions. Some of them, you know, either or type of thing. So, so if I were to say, uh, I don't know, pink hair or blue hair, you'd have to pick between one or the other, you know? So it's a ridiculous example, but that's, that's (laughs) what I'm talking about, you know? So something like spice girls or backstreet boys, which one do you pick? Okay. So, it's not going to be one of those. So, uh, not quite, not quite my ear without reference. <laughs> it's not quite my personality that reference either. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, I'll ask you a bunch of those, and hopefully, we'll all get, we'll all learn a little bit about Thomas. So, born with reaction, two uh, nil win for the Blues. Uh, tale of two halves, if you will. Uh, Thomas, let's. Get rolling. Give us your initial thoughts. Not all of your thoughts, but your initial <laughs> thoughts on, uh, on, our, on our win from Sunday. Well, for the first 30, 35 minutes, we probably all thought it was, was more the same. We've definitely been on a, a losing streak recently, and it, it all seemed to be pretty much going the same way. But then I'm not sure what changed at halftime, but they definitely came out with more momentum. They ended the first half with more momentum as well, and they definitely came out better in the second half, and it, it showed in the end with the goals. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Gosh, that that first that opening like thirty minutes was the worst. That was just yeah, yeah. straight up, and, and it really did. You're right; it was familiar. I was like stewing on my couch 
you know. I was definitely dreading trying to have to tweet that because we haven't we haven't been winning much while they've been tweeting, and I thought it was just all the same again. Yeah, uh, it was. It just seemed like a, a lack of life, uh, except for Adam Lookman. Definitely, he was definitely the standout performer for me. I, I, I tweeted at halftime. He was easily the best four on the pitch. He was getting us forwards. He was playing the passes that were needed. He was the only one really coming close to creating a chance in the first half and then definitely starting everything in the second. He was really important. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, he's distributing as well. You know, I always associated Lookman with a kid who cuts in and is looking for a shot, period. And the fact that he he's starting to combine more with other players. I mean, he looked pretty good with Coleman down the right. Yeah, haven't really been seeing much of much recently. No, <laughs> there's been no, that right side. That right side has been a, like a, a void, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, Lookman, I think, I think everybody, I, I I know all of us on the uh, on the podcast, me, Max, and Terry, we were all saying this is Lookman's game to start. He's got to go this this week. He's got yeah. to play ninety, and uh, yeah. He was there. I think. I think what was looked really good for him as well. He wasn't didn't just have to stick down the right hand side. He was doing more down the middle. Sometimes came out left as well, which is kind of what we need at the moment because obviously Walcott's not playing well enough. Sigurdsson, he started well. He's maybe been dripping off a bit recently. And Bernard maybe can't play the full ninety minutes even yet. He's not physical enough, so it's really important that he can play all across. And yeah, he was really impressive. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as I saw Walcott coming in, I leaned over over to my wife and I'm like. He's going to push look yeah. to the left. I was like, I, I, I think it's a great idea. He didn't do it at first, though. Walcott actually slipped into the left at first, and I was like, I'm totally wrong, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to act like I knew it all to the wife. And I was, you know. But literally, 30 seconds later, he pushed out wide like I thought he would. So, yeah, went out to the right and looked. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then when DCL came, there was a nice little combination coming from, the, coming from that left side. You know, it looked, yeah, yeah, it really it's clearly nice. been playing a lot together, which it was really shown. Which maybe we could see that in the future as well if DCL starts starting. But yeah, yeah, I'm. I, I definitely the idea of having either of those guys or Richarlison starting on the wing, that's nice. Uh, Walcott coming off the bench right now. I think everybody would agree that's the role we want him in right now. Yeah, he's not a starter at all at the moment. No, yeah, he, he hasn't been playing well enough. Um, so I thought one of the headlines is Lookman's play, definitely. There's another headline. It's kind of a, it may have been a headline that got, that, that kind of fused the, the players and the, and the crowd and the, 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 the attendees of the game together. And that's, that's Anthony Taylor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've seen as much of a united front against a refereeing performance. Definitely, yeah. Uh... It was just everybody was just like, okay, this is shit, and I'm sorry. This is the way it is. Um, and, and a lot of times I'm at home, and I'm watching, and I've got this NBC bias from some of these commentators who just flat out, they were talking. At one point, Silva kind of says, you know, pulls out a card and goes like this, like, you know, like, hey, you should be yellow card. And our commentator actually says that Silva looks ridiculous doing that. And I'm like, and yeah, what? bet they were supporting Klopp when he was running on the pitch at the end. Yeah, of what a statement. <laughs> what a ridiculous statement. So I've got, I've got all this kind of poisoning my mind, but, but frankly, watching that, I, so you're worried when you're watching it, you're like, am I being honest? Is this actually poor refereeing? Is this actually bad? But then it's like I saw everybody else on Twitter. Yeah, it's just this wave. I mean, as, as bad as the refereeing was, it definitely helped the atmosphere, I thought. With obviously Gosen's renowned for being quite toxic in the past, and that definitely came back against Bournemouth. No one was really happy with anything, and I thought it got everyone up, which was actually a good thing in the end. Yeah, it kind of it fused it all together, and it's weird. Everybody's talking about an angry Goodison. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess it, it, it did help. I thought yeah. the right kind of anger, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that was. I mean, I, I, as we've talked about before, I, when I talk to Max and Terry and whoever else comes on, Paul sometimes, you know, David, Edward, I just got to the point where I just assume we're just not going to get decisions. Just assume that's the way it's going to be. And don't expect yeah. favors. Just assume we're going to have to play through it, uh, make, you know, make our own luck, keep going. 
You know, I feel like if you just have that, like, you know, Everton versus, versus everybody, maybe that's just a healthy mentality to have. And that way, when you get screwed, it's not really a surprise. Yeah. I think it was I think it was the Chelsea game as well. I don't think the ref was brilliant then either. But in the Merseyside derby, I think his name's Chris Kavanaugh. Or I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He was actually really I good. I thought he did it a fine a job. Actually. Yeah, I thought he I thought he controlled it well. Yeah. But with them, um, there's some refs in particular who I can't really stand myself. But um, I actually I actually referee myself, and I meet some of them every now and then. So like John Moss, Kevin Friend, I've uh, I've met a lot of them, and they've given talks. And it's weird to hear them speak about it from their perspective when I'm busy shouting at them most mm-hmm. of the time. But I am um, interesting. It, it's interesting to hear them speak and what it is from their perspective. Mm-hmm. John Moss is the most surprising ref I've ever come across. I thought I'd hate him, but he was actually a really sound bloke. I thought it, it was weird to hear him speak. That maybe, maybe it's the fact that he is a pretty sound guy is why he's continued to be like allowed to continue. Cause it seems a lot of times like he's behind play like he's not really yeah. keeping up too well and he's kind of having to guess it, on some of those decisions. It's surprising. He he looks massive on TV, but I was he's not <laughs> actually he doesn't seem out unfit at all in, in person. <laughs> it it was I was that was the most shocked I was all night. Like when we saw him it, it was weird to see because when you see him on TV you think he he looks old, he looks unfit, you don't really understand how it's there but he seems fine. Yeah, he called himself the reliable pair of hands for refereeing at the moment, which obviously shows probably coming towards the end of his career mm-hmm. but I, th- I think that i think maybe he's been a bit around a bit too long okay. but he wasn't even the ref i'm not sure why we're getting off on a tangent <laughs> i know yeah. but, but the <laughs> i just thought it was kind of great you know I, that's my first uh, john moss story that doesn't relate to him like yes. you know missing an offside against arsenal or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> note to self john moss wears slimming clothing that's that's it there's yeah, that's yeah. what we've learned definitely looks like better in person so uh how about our defensive performance? Clean sheet. Um, how do you think uh, that back line did, Pickford did? Just any kind of highlights for you from any of those, or maybe lowlights for you? Well, I think it was Zuma started quite nervy again. He, he's made a few mistakes. I think it was Josh King managed to get on the break, mm. and um, it was looking worrying again, and maybe he wasn't going to have his best game. But I think they came into the game well, came into the game well and... Um, I, I didn't think Keane did much wrong. I saw someone slating out on Twitter. I'm not really sure why. I don't think don't think he did much wrong. And then, obviously, Dinier, who we'll get on to later, I thought he was great again. Yeah. I mean, Luca Dean, at this point, if he makes a mistake... Let him off. I just don't see it happening. He just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It doesn't happen. He just contributes so much on the attack as well, you know. Um, and Zuma got the goal, of course. Uh, just to, yeah. I mean, it must be nice to be able to go up for a header and no one contests you. <laughs> yeah, like, you definitely. know, if I could jump, I think I would have gotten that one, man. It was just, it was just literally just him hanging out. I watched two or three players that did not track him that just stood and yeah, stood it still. Weird. It was yeah. really bizarre. Um, how do you think Coleman played? I think a lot better than he has been. I think... He's definitely maybe not sure the fitness. He used to show he's definitely getting up and down a lot more and his crossing's been inaccurate mm-hmm. for a long time. But maybe not definitely not the old Coleman that we saw, but he's definitely improved a lot, I think. I, d- I don't know where it came from. Maybe it was a one-off, but mm-hmm. he's definitely got better, I think. Yeah, I didn't think he... I mean, there was a couple of times where, you know, he had like the the stone feet, you know, especially really yeah. late. That ball came to him and he just it just kind of bounced off of his foot out of bounds for a corner. And you're thinking, didn't really need to give up another corner right now, man. Um, yeah, maybe his age is showing. It's what we saw happen with Baines towards, well, it's obviously not the end of his career yet, but definitely he's not in the team anymore, yeah. which is worrying to see because I don't, John Drew Kenny's he's not a bad player, but I don't think he's enough competition for Seamus Coleman at the moment. We definitely need to look at that in the transfer yeah, window. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, that scenario going from, from now until summer, trying to figure out, are, are we bringing in a right back? And if so, which one of those guys ends up making, making way? Uh, yeah. not, a, not an easy... I think I, I, was, I was talking to a lot of people about the idea of maybe Kenny going on loan the rest of this season and using Coleman to compete with a new right back and basing our decision in the summer on how well Coleman or the new right back perform and Kenny wherever he goes. So um, I agree, yeah. though. I didn't I think, think Coleman I think was bad issue. necessarily. Yeah, no, he, he wasn't. He's not as bad as he has been, definitely. 
I think now he's under a lot more pressure though, and people are almost waiting for him to make a mistake now. I think that's the problem with him at the moment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he hasn't come back as his fittest. Maybe he hasn't come back as good as he was, and I think everyone's waiting for him to make a mistake and kind of pounce on it. But I thought he was average yeah. yesterday. Not yesterday. How many days ago? <laughs> uh, actually, let's see here. Yeah, it was yesterday. <laughs> it's yesterday now, but when? Oh this yeah, goes yeah, out, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> doing the math. Uh, uh, Keane as well had maybe one bad touch. That kind of sparked a break from from them, uh, and it looked very similar yeah. to that touch that he made. Was it against Was it against Leicester? It just kind of it was a one uh, yeah, four touch yeah, that led to their goal. It looked exactly like it actually. Um, I think it's all the confidence with Keane. Definitely, he lost a lot of it last season. And he was he was awful compared to what we saw up early, but he's definitely brought it back this season. And I, I think he's. Personally, I think he's been our best centre back this season. I think he's been the most consistent because it was before he got his head injury as well. He was he was doing great, and that's before Mina yeah. came in. So before that, I thought he was great, and I, I think he's come back well. I know a lot of people won't agree with us, Thomas, but I agree with you. I also I, th- I think yeah. he's been our most consistent centre back, um, and it's quite possible Max and Terry would agree with that too. I talked to them, you know, twice a week. I think they, I think they'd agree. Um, yeah, I speak for them now. <laughs> I'm just imagining them watching going, you idiot. I don't agree with that at all. But, and, uh, and, oh, and that tackle from Keane late. That yeah. was just, oh, sorry. It was, yeah, that was so good. Yeah. That, that was one of those, that was the squeaky I bum mean, time. And Michael Keane makes that, makes that tackle. Damn. It was, it was a great title, but I was, I was tuned about it at the time. Someone needs to remind me. He was on a yellow card as well. He was kind of flying about towards the end. I was getting nervous. <laughs> and Gomez somehow stayed in. Yeah. You mentioned yellow card. How in the hell did that guy stay in the game? I mean, that's there's one where really the referee know. maybe could have done better on that one too, oddly enough, if I'm going to be silly. Yeah, I think one more foul and he, he, he had to go off. I'm not sure how he lasted as long yeah. as he did, but I think he was trying to make up for his some mistakes he made today, I think. Not today, but he was letting the ball go a bit here and there. He was making some bad passes, and I think him trying to recover from that led to him almost being sent off, which is a bit risky. But you know what? His energy was fantastic. So good. Gomez just, I thought he stepped it up energy-wise second half, and he wasn't alone. There were a lot of, you saw a lot more pressing out of a lot of players. Um, Yeah. Just a much better second half. I... I finished. I finished uh, that one a little nervous, thinking we might might give up, uh, you know, a draw just because it wasn't, you know, we've done it in the past. But um, you know, hey, could be a situation where we're uh, pushing through those uh, those kind of unreliable moments at the end of games. It's definitely what we've needed so far this season. It was the game against Bournemouth as well earlier this season where we bottled right. it towards the end. We were two 0 up and we just kind of gave it away. But yeah, it was good to see us get through yes uh, the game. Any other closing thoughts here on uh, on this one? Um, not really. Just uh, it's always good to see the managers and the coaches showing passion, like they did obviously with Allardyce last season. Coma was never really bothered either, but yeah, uh, you love to see it. Really, it shows they do. What kind care. of a dick is Martin Atkinson, by the way, sitting there telling Sil- Silva to calm down on the celebration? What is that? Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, you're always. What managers? Do that. Are, what other managers is, is he going to say that to? You know what I mean? It's almost like, well, you know what? You don't manage uh, United, City, Chelsea. You know, so you know what? I got to say something. That's ridiculous. You know, I mean, I remember uh, it was Chelsea PSG quite a few years ago. Now Mourinho, when they scored last minute, he ran all the way down the touchline. I, d- I don't think they had a problem with it then. I, I don't really understand it. I mean, it's not like Silva came on the no. pitch or anything. He was just, just no. And I mean, he and uh, Big Dunk were embracing. It was. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so great. <laughs> yeah, you love to see it. All right. So uh, I guess that's it for our, our Bournemouth reaction. So, Thomas, the transfer window is upon us. And the very first thing people were saying all throughout November, December, we need a striker, we need a striker, we need a striker. Um it's a complex problem not being able to 
score, get goals, develop attacks, finish. Um, however, a lot of people have said, do we really need a striker? Because Richarlison is, uh, has proven to be a pretty competent goal scorer. Uh, so the question, he started the season on the left, playing at that left wing position, um, left forward. It, I guess it depends on the formation and the period of the game. But uh, we gotta fe- we're, we're talking about his best position. Where, where is he strongest? All right. So can we talk a little bit about his strengths as playing at le- on, the, on the left, on the left? Uh, definitely on the left, he can. He's shown he can beat a man. He, he was showing that early in the season, which was good to see. We definitely, obviously, Balassi started doing all the step overs last year, but he never had an end product, which was it was surprised. It was good to see Richardson do that. He could beat a man, but then produce the goods at the end, which was really important for us at the start of the season, definitely. Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of this instant speed on the wing. And uh, he's a very key in transition because we whip the ball out to the side and he's gone. Yeah. He's speed and he is strong despite how often he hits the ground. <laughs> uh, he is a strong guy. That's yeah. the thing. It's weird, but he hits the ground often lately, uh, which it's a different conversation. But uh, I think it's, that's a strategy. I do think he's being... Uh, the other teams have decided to get physical with him because they know the refs, the referees know that he hits the ground often. So if he if he gets genuinely fouled more often, they're not going to call yeah. it as much, and it's just the way it is. But uh, I'd say ninety percent of the time he doesn't need to hit the ground. Def- definitely but, not. He is he is jumping about quite a lot at the, at the moment. So uh, he's he's clinical when he actually does. He usually is clinical mm-hmm. in front of goal, which is why he's sitting on nine goals with uh, two assists this season. Really good at, at 1v1, being able to take a man on. I wouldn't necessarily say that his distribution, like crossing, is very strong, which is why he's more of a, a left forward rather than a left wing. Yeah, you think, know what I mean? I think most of the time he's, he's looking for himself to score or definitely get closer in the box, so he's not, he's not really much of a crosser. And I don't really think... Yeah, I don't really... I saw, I saw, I've seen him give up possession often lately. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, a lot of uh, his passes are about two or three yards off. Uh, and it has just completely just stagnated our attack. Yeah. Uh, and that's been from either the left or, or up top. Uh, so now if he's – you think if he's playing on the left, he'll touch the ball. He'll get. He'll touch the ball less than he would if he were playing center yeah, forward. Yeah. Um, I think definitely before we moved to striker, a lot of our attacks were going through him. Uh, but um, since he's moved to striker, he's he's getting the ball more. But I think it's it's not really a strong suit getting the ball then turning because obviously if you're playing up top and definitely in Marco's system, maybe you need more of a target man when he's when he's getting the ball. He's not really turned as well and beating his man, but when he was out when he was out wide, he could easily catch fullbacks out of position, or he could get past them a lot easier than he could get past the, the taller, bigger centre halves. Yeah, um, he has to work a lot harder to get in scoring position from that left wing, which is true. And being a, being kind of centre forward, he is in he will find himself in scoring position a lot more often, and he's one of our more clinical players, even though he has missed some easy chances this season. Yeah. For the most part, he is one of our more clinical, you know, I, I, I don't know a whole lot more that, I mean, no one's scored as many as, 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 he, is, as he has, but however, he's had more chances, I believe. Um, my biggest concern about him playing up top, when I watched, when I watched how Bournemouth was just smothering him, okay, I, his hold-up play is not the strongest, Definitely not, no. Um, obviously, when you've got y- your tricky players, if you will, like Bernard and Luckman on the wings, you need somebody who's going to bring down the ball, give them a chance to get up and play it. But we see he's, he is strong, but I d- he's not really good at holding up the ball. I think he's definitely looking for himself. And as he said, his, his passes, if they go wayward, he kind of killed the attacks as well. But it's definitely not a strong suit holding up the play and letting everyone else get involved. Yeah, I, I, I can you think of many occasions yesterday or in the game when 
we were sending balls his way in the air where he won it in the air. No, I, I don't think he's really tall enough to play in that position. It was the air. Uh, maybe, maybe he could play that position. Like, I mean, Bournemouth is still a good team, but against the smaller teams where we're not kind of like booting it forwards more. But I was at the United game at Old Trafford, and every time we cleared the ball, he wasn't really winning anything. Yeah, I think he had a tricky game there as well. When he's mm. when he has to act as a target man, I don't I don't think he really gets into the game. But if he can, if we're playing it along the ground and he can get it out wide, I think I think he's definitely much better in that kind of game. Yes. That's exactly where I was going with that. The idea of, you know, I mean, I almost put it up on our tactics. If, we're, if we've got Pickford launching balls to him up top and he's winning nothing. Now, if it's for some reason part of our tactics to win the second ball, it's very Roberto Martinez because <laughs> he was always obsessed with the second ball. Yeah. I feel like it's all he talked about on the sideline. Uh, but, I mean, I... However, I feel like we were it was a it was a similar plan when Calvert Lewin went in there, and I felt like Calvert Lewin did a much better job winning the ball in the air, holding the ball up, and combining with others. Yeah, I think I think when he comes off the bench, he can do that well. Well, he is quite tall. I think he can do that well. But for me, Calvert Lewin, he can't play the full ninety minutes. I think he kind of gets a bit lost in in a full game. And then you're having to bring someone off the bench, but as we've seen, Tosin or Nias haven't been good enough at all. But I think the problem with Richardson is at the moment, although some some aspects of his play are wasted at striker, I think he's the best option we've got at the moment. Definitely with because Bernard's, I think he's I think he's improved a lot with his his final product as well recently. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably our, our best option down the left wing when Richardson's playing up front. And Calvert Lewin's good off the bench. He showed yesterday. He came on and scored. He mm-hmm. he can't play the full ninety minutes. And if we're if we're discounting the transfer window, I think Marcel Brand said he's not really looking at anyone in January. I think Richardson is our best striker, even though he's definitely been wasted. Some of his skill, is, uh, or beating a man, is being wasted up front. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird dilemma, to be honest with you. When you've got a player who could, is it a situation where you play your best players and you just find a way to get them on the field? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Richarlison is one of our strongest players, but the idea of him playing behind Bernard on the left, you know what I mean? Like coming in to sub with like 30 minutes to go. It, he's our leading scorer. It feels yeah. weird. I think so. I think it's 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 not a bad problem to have when you've got... I, def, I definitely think our left-hand side is easily our, the best area of our, our field, whether Dinier and Bernard or Richarlison. But when... I think Bernard played on the left wing and Richardson at striker is a lot better than Richardson left wing and Calvert Lewin or Tosin at striker. The problem uh, at the moment, mm-hmm. even yeah, it's a. I think going into the season, I would have said I feel like Tosin is our most uh, clinical striker. I don't know what's happened there. What is? Yeah, I mean, he's had ample opportunities this season to score Definitely, when yeah. he's when he has gotten in. And I think it's just the fact that he's put so much pressure on himself that when he does get those easy opportunities, and they have been easy, there have been some easy chances for him, he's just he's having trouble kind of getting over that hump right now. Um, and I, I get the vibe Tosin's going to stay at least until the summer. Definitely. Uh, Nias, I see Nias going, and I see us bringing in a different striker. This window or the next one? This window. I think it's going to be this window. It really I, I, is. I think the problem is in the January window. If you're looking for a guaranteed goal scorer, no awful value. <laughs> not many, not many clubs are going to let go of their their goal scorers in this window. Definitely, when they don't really have enough time to get someone else. And I mean, there's rumours like Callum Wilson, like sixty million or something. I think I saw for Chelsea, which is like yeah, I I did a I did a, that's my second. I did a, a real spit take when I first saw that <laughs> price. It was ridiculous. Yeah, because Bournemouth. I mean, if Callum Wilson, he has been linked a few times, but Bournemouth aren't going to let him go, really. That would be their season over. I mean, Josh King's still good, but Callum Wilson's definitely their main source of goals. And I think maybe Batshuayi was an opportunity, but I think he's gone, he's gone Monaco on loan until the yeah. summer. I, they've said technically it's not done yet, but... Yeah, it's almost definitely You know done. what I mean? <laughs> and I think, I think as well, if, if Brands wanted him, I think he probably would have got him. I doubt... Unless it's unless it's the player's fault, maybe he wants to go back to France. He's he hasn't really. That's the thing, though. He wasn't good at all in Spain. I think he scored he scored three and twenty one. But when he when he was at Dortmund, which is definitely a more physical league, he was great for them. 
And then yeah. he was definitely a super sub for Chelsea, but he, he wasn't that bad either. He still scored sometimes. But, yeah. but I don't think, I don't really understand what happened to him in Spain, to be honest. And now I think he's gone back to safety in France where he knows he can score goals. And it's definitely one of the least competitive out of like, the top five leagues in Europe. Part of that also might be being able to play under Henri. Yeah, definitely. That, that's I mean, probably a factor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're a young striker, <laughs> yeah. that's that's a pretty that's an enticing proposition. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm curious because supposedly we we made a we offered to pay the uh, clause for this striker Iglesias at Espanol. That's a re- recent rumor that has come out, and he said no. Evidently, oh, oh, right, <laughs> yeah, but but we we've supposedly made a bid, so yeah. the the idea of that we're making bids and we're actually I, I think we're looking, but I don't think we're going to force the issue. If we don't find the value, we're not going to make the purchase. And frankly, the fact that Richarlison and DCL are not bad options at striker right now, yeah, and may not be our biggest priorities at the moment. Who's to I say? Think it- I think it would definitely be a problem for uh, Silver and Brands if those two weren't scoring, but they probably are two joint top scorers this season. And uh, just because besides, they're not... Besides Ziggy. Oh, yeah, of course. And they're not the they're not the best, but they're definitely not a bad option at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure DCL could probably go to several Premier League clubs as their starting striker, I think. Definitely towards the bottom of the table for certain. Uh, so you're thinking for Richarlison... For your money, you would have him start center forward at striker. That would be our starter. I think I think it's not ideal at the moment, but it's definitely the best we've got. I mm-hmm. think I think that's the situation we're in. He's not. He's not. A, he's definitely not a, a natural striker. But I think at the moment he's he's the best we're going to get because obviously mm-hmm. Tosin's been. He hasn't been scoring the chances he's getting. Nias is. Nias has never been never been particularly good. He just runs a lot. He's not the best technical player. And Calvert-Lewin maybe not up for full games at the moment, but definitely good off the bench. Yeah, I'm I'm toggling between between DCL and Richarlison lately, only because I feel like DCL is starting to get a feel for a league, the league, and actually starting to look like he belongs rather than being a kid. You know what I yeah. mean? He looks less like a kid playing in these big, huge roles. He's starting to get a little bit more confidence it seems um but uh frankly because because i feel like richarlison is more clinical i think you do start richarlison if you can yeah i think i'm not saying richarlison's our best striker but if if playing him out wide men dropping bernard i don't think it's it's worth it at the moment i think i think bernard's been playing really well recently and i think that's the better option than playing calvert-lewin with richarlison out wide. so that may be the best option for the club but what's richarlison's best position to get oh, to I the think point he definitely wants to play left wing. Left I think wing? Position's easy left wing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I lean toward that being his best position as a player. You yeah, know? he's definitely most natural in that position. And uh, he's, I don't think he... I think we've seen a few times he's not really pleased with playing a strike. I think he prefers to be out wide where he knows he can get more of the ball and, and bring it in, dribble past players. But I think he's going to have to just get on with it this season because he, he is our best striking option. And I don't think he likes those big center backs yeah, he's, literally nice crushing of... through him to win headers. Yeah, I think it was Ake yesterday absolutely flattened him and Taylor gave nothing. I, I gave was, nothing. Was, the thing is, that, like, it wasn't thing. even just bump from the back. It was a bump and then a push down. It yeah, was, yeah. yeah, I yelled at my television. <laughs> scared my family yeah <laughs> it happens uh so that's it that's really fascinating the idea of it of him being uh more of a natural left forward but it's better for our team right now for him to play center forward that is yeah yeah okay i'm not sure if the world was expecting that from this from this segment but there you go they've it's what they've got um, yeah. I think if we bring in a new striker or or any other uh, wing players, uh, that may change things. We'll see. Yeah, definitely. So. All right. Well, anything else about about Richarlison, man? 
just he needs to stop diving a lot of the time. He's, I think, I think I wouldn't mind it if he was getting the decisions, but a lot of the time he keeps just going on the floor and not really getting anything. If he stopped that, I think he'd improve a lot. The words out on him, you know, good and well. The <laughs> referees got together and had a little, had a little conversation. Said this guy falls a lot. Don't give him anything. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, he does it, and I do think that he is getting actually fouled. Some of the times, and yeah, it's not being called sure because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ake one really got to me. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So Richarlison, uh, for now, we'll keep you at center forward. If we bring someone else in, maybe you you push out to the wing more and stay on your feet. <laughs> all right, you got to be an example to my kids, who when they play are on the ground the whole time. So, yeah, let's work on that, Richarlison. Uh, so, guess that's it for our Richarlison's best position conversation. So, we're going to talk about Luca Dean. All right. Uh, Luca Dean came in having some very big shoes to fill because, because Leighton Baines, uh, for a long time, was considered one of the best left backs in the world. Uh, huge, and, and frankly, just, I mean, he's my favorite Everton player ever because I haven't been really following Everton for as long as you know you have. <laughs> so, so, but at the same time, so it, it's a situation where you've got this really well loved player who was really good, and and a lot of people wanted to bring in Kieran Tierney, so. It was tough, you know. So we bring in this, this, you know, De La Feu doppelganger uh, <laughs> who comes in and everybody's sitting there with their arms crossed like, prove it to me. And, and he comes in and he's strong defensively. He really does well combining with other players to get himself down the field. And he gets down Definitely very does. far. And he's just launching crosses in, and they're well placed crosses. It's not blind crosses; it's focused, it's controlled. He's got three goals this season. The guy can take a free kick. The guy can take a direct kick. Uh, oh my God! Three goals, three assists this season. Uh, heck, he got one uh, against Bournemouth. Um, he's just a good player. So, is it even debate- debatable that this guy is our best signing? I, I don't think so at all. I think he's definitely been our most consistent signing. I think when he came in, there was definitely a few skeptics. He went to Roma on loan. He maybe wasn't at his best there. He definitely never broke into the Barca team over Jordi Alba. But I think he's definitely proven himself in this league already, and I think he's really coming to his own. Yeah, I mean, I think if we're talking about the other signings, Zuma and Gomez, very good players, but they're loans. Yeah. Uh, Bernard is just starting to blossom, starting to show some serious quality. But it took him a while, and he's not quite there yet. But free, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Mina's not really playing a lot yet. Uh, he's got a little more competition at his position. So we can't necessarily say he's our strongest signing. So the only real conversation here, the only real argument is Richarlison. Yeah, it's the only with with nine goals and two assists. How do we make an argument that Richarlison has been a better signing than Dean? I think, I think at, at moments, I think Richarlison's shown he is maybe a more quality player. I think he's definitely got some quality up front, and I think, but I think the problem, not it's a good problem to have, but Dean has been much more. Um, Sorry, I forgot what the word is. Consistent. He's been much more consistent throughout the uh, the season. But at times, Richardson does obviously show he's really good. And definitely at the start of the season, I think everyone was talking about Richardson being our best signing. But now, as, as the league's gone on, and obviously Richardson's been moved to striker, he's maybe his form's tailed off a bit. But Dinier's definitely been our most con- consistent signing. See, that's something I look for when I think about players that I really like and I connect with. It's consistency. Players that go in are model professionals. They don't have those games where they've just switched off. You know, I, 
I'm struggling to think of a of a game of a match this season where Luca Dean just switched off or played poorly. I don't think he, I don't think he switched off necessarily, but maybe at the start he was maybe getting caught out a bit. I think he he clearly enjoys going up front, and maybe sometimes he was getting not. He was getting caught out, but I don't think it was him switching off. I think he was just so ambitious to get forward. But mm-hmm. he's definitely he's put that behind him easily. He's much better at getting up and down the wing now. And um, I think I saw someone say on Twitter, he is as close to prime Baines as maybe we're going to get. I think it's as if we've replaced him like for like with his goals, his assists, getting up and down. I think I think it's a really good sign. Yeah, I almost feel like the uh, his his direct kicks are just an added bonus. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's what we expected out of Sigurdsson, frankly. Yeah, I don't think anyone it, expected Dinier to come up with free kicks, but no. And and the the idea that I mean, I, and I was expecting more out of Sigurdsson in that department, frankly, because when he played at, at Swans and when he was, uh, I mean, that was just what he was. One of the things he was known for is just being able to just whip balls in unexpected positions. Uh, Sigurdsson's actually been a little disappointing on that, but Luca Dean comes in and all of a sudden it's just. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> the, that burn goal was incredible. That that, that was, was a really good trick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, I mean, honestly, anything outside the box now, I'm immediately thinking, okay, this this is a legitimate. I, I, I call the kids into the room. I'm like, guys, 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 come watch this. Come watch this. Look at Dean's taking it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my, my six-year-old's left-footed. And so I'm like, you got to watch this. You got to watch yeah. this guy. I think I think the thing is he, he's shown you so good as well. It was the Burnley free kick. Normally you'd expect a right footer to get on that because he has to curl it away from the keeper. But mm-hmm. didn't he manage to curl it round and then almost back in? But before the Joe Hawk could get across, I thought um, that must be difficult. See, that's that's the weird thing when you watch. Uh, typically, you can kind of guess which player is going to take it based on where their teammates are lining up. Yeah, you know, um, but when you've got a couple of really capable free kick artists and they're both yep. hovering over and they're both have you know one's a left foot one's a right foot it's it's kind of great because you get the, the keeper has to be super honest uh and so does the wall so yep. um so dean contributing goals uh dean contributing assists um, and also just stout defensively very difficult to beat uh, to the to the to the inline. I don't know, man. I realize Richarlison scored more goals, but I think game in came game out, and the fact that Dean was cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Now now. Dean is older. Yeah. Not, we might not get as many years out of him. Um, however, right now I, yeah, I don't. I I just. I think we mentioned Richarlison almost just because he is he does have nine goals and he has yeah, I think, won us I think more games with is, his goals. You know what I mean? The good thing is about Dinier as well. It's definitely what fans look for is that he's a, uh, he gets the club. I think, I think you understand what it means to play as well. Sometimes we've seen signs in the past, which you look forward to, which maybe haven't really understood what it's about and they haven't really lasted long. But yeah. I think, I think Dinier understood straight away. And then um, it's great to have his experience as well. Playing for Barcelona, Roma and PSG is very good experience. But it was like 15 million or something, wasn't it? Yeah. It definitely wasn't much. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, to be fair to Richarlison, he's really good with the, with the fans. Yeah, he, he's he really good it, with the fans, yeah. too. Um, that's, that's one of the things that's most impressive about these new signings. All of them. Yeah. You know, Bronze and Silva have brought in people that seem like they want to be there. Yeah, that, I, I'm not sure what they've done. Maybe signs in the past haven't, they haven't done the same thing, but... I think Marcus Silva's definitely made them all understand what it means to play. There was that, there was like a community day where like the different players were taking like workshops. I think which are definitely it definitely helped a lot. And Mina, I think he'd only been there for about a few days and like, he didn't understand the language. And he saw him, I think he was uh, with one of the younger teams or something. I think they all get it as well. And obviously with uh, Duncan Ferguson in the coaching as well, I think he also contributes to them understanding what it means to play for everyone. Yeah. So. Charleston might be here longer, costs more, scores more goals, less consistent. Both of their attitudes in terms of off the field are on point, doing what they need to. Uh, 
Yeah, for me though, it's I don't I don't. It boils down to can we win games without Luca Dean? I'm not sure. I I don't think we can. No, I don't think we can at all. I think Baines is still a good option, but I don't think he's he's up to the standard anymore. Yeah, I I think we have a lot of difficulty winning games if Dean's not in. But I think we can actually win if Richarlison doesn't play. And to me, that's that's my big test. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's my, my one question that talks about which one is more valuable right now. Um, yeah, anyway. Okay. I still like Richarlison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's really good as well. Uh, it's, the, it, it's the fact that he just kind of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. It, it, it's a good debate to have that mm-hmm. we've got two su- such good side-ins that we're having to decide between them. It's not like we've got one good one and then loads of poor ones. I think they've, really, they've both really shown how good they are. The real question is, had Gomez been a permanent signing, is he the answer then? You know what I mean? Like, I almost... Yeah, like we had a similar <laughs> conversation about this a while back, and Terry and I both agreed at that time, if Gomez had been a permanent signing, he probably would be, you know, our answer for best signing. Yeah. Um, but he's not. That's a hypothetical. No. No, he's not. Maybe at the end of the season, you never know. Maybe. I'm, I, I don't think it'll happen in January, but, you know, hey. Yeah. Some people say, say it might, but I, I think it's – we've got a loan. It'll happen. Yeah. The loan will last till the summer. So, anything else on, on Luca Dean that you feel like is uh, relevant? Uh, all I've really got to say is I think, he's, I think he's been absolutely quality. I think we're always going to struggle to find a replacement for Baines, but uh, I, think, I think the thing is that – Fans, when they're maybe choosing their best, their favorite player is like their consistency. That's why people have always liked Coleman and Baines because they've always turned up no matter what. And I think Dini has really become one of those kind of players. I would agree. Also, if you tweet at him, he might be like, "Hey, thanks." <laughs> yeah, he's light, light a few of the toffee as well. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty. Uh, he's great, man. Love that guy. Uh, I don't. I don't think it could have gone better that signing. Really? Yeah. All right. So uh, I guess that's it for uh, our Luca Dean segment. Is he our best signing? Yes. Q Thunder. <laughs> there you go. That's my that's my lightning round entrance. Yes, lightning round. This is this is a segment that we do every once in a while when we have uh, when it's a a duo type situation uh, with me and one other person uh, where we learn, learn a little bit more. We stare into the depths of our soul uh, and we come out hopefully intact as people knowing more about the other person. Um, I'll be asking Thomas a series of questions and he has to, you know, just answer these questions to the best of his ability. Uh, it shouldn't be too hard for him. Uh, he knows himself, I'm assuming. Pretty well. So, yeah, and, and most of these are just, you know, either-or type questions. All right? Very, very simple. So the key is to just answer these quickly, and we'll discuss a little bit afterward. I believe it's 20 questions. All right, okay. So we'll, dis- we'll discuss some of your answers afterward, if any, and, and it's really okay if some of the answers are abnormal. They're almost encouraged. So, <laughs> so Q... Uh, Intense lightning round music. I don't know what it's going to sound like, but I'm assuming it's awesome. <laughs> All right. And there's not a lot of Everton questions on here. All right. Let's start okay. with one. Ready? And Baines or Coleman? Baines. Are you scared of spiders? No. Hedges or shrubs? Hedges. Dwarf or elf? Elf. What's your favorite non-football sport? Darts. Darts. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. If you're out at a club, do you dance or do you just nod your head? More of a nodder. Uh, Mountains or the beach? Beach. Anthony Taylor or John Moss? (laughs) It's John Moss for me. (laughs) I know. I've been holding that question knowing that it was coming. Uh, all right, uh, series, football series on, on Netflix or out there on streaming. Uh, Sunderland Till I Die or Man City All or Nothing? Sunderland Till I Die. I had a feeling based on your location. But, and, and you know, some Sunderland fans. 
Yeah, I figured. <laughs> What's your favorite non-Everton team? Celtic. La Liga or Bundesliga? La Liga. What color are your shoes that you're wearing right now? Black. Ah. Did you just say black because you thought... <laughs> that they're, was they're the my closest answer. shoes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arctic Monkeys or, or Oasis? Arctic Monkeys. Apple or PC? PC. What's the last mo- movie you saw in the theater? Incredibles 2. I me too, yes. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. What's your Harry Potter house? Gryffindor? I don't know! <laughs> Never really but you, about this. So, sometimes your guess is accurate. So. Uh, visiting location, Africa or Australia? Australia. And if me and the wife are heading to England, what's a good place for us to visit? Gated International Stadium. It's my it's my local team. So, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I'll go every now and then. It's always good. <laughs> okay, I gotta be honest. That's the end of the quiz. But I need to actually spell out what you're saying <laughs> because I don't know what Garrison is. <laughs> the the gate at the national stadium. Uh, we we call it the guess. It's just it's my local team. It's where they play. It's like like how do you spell that? How do you spell Gated? Yes. G A T E S and then head. Oh, Gateshead. G- yeah, I, I can't really get Gateshead. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I can't was, really say. It. I was like, I was like, what's Gateshead? Like, what's <laughs> what is Gateshead? I, I was, I had no idea. I'm such an idiot. Okay, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. That's one of the things I talked about with. I've talked with uh, Max and Terry about the idea of being able to go and see like like local and like lower league teams non, non-league play. football is great I was at um, Gator always play the derby against Hartlepool and I was in Hartlepool on New Year's Day and uh, it got it got tasty to say the least I love it mate <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be one of the toughest things is figuring out like okay I'm visiting I'm visiting England I only have X amount of days to do X amount of things you know trying to figure that out I feel like there's like too much to do I think I think I've got to say come to Gateshead. Um, it's definitely not one of the best places to come in England, but I love it. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I was expecting. That's good. I love the unexpected <laughs> answers. That's that's very different than what Paul said. What do you say? That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> he recommended a nice place for gentlemen to visit. All right. Okay. And I'm like, I'll have my wife, Paul. What are you doing? <laughs> I still obsess a joke about that. It's just, it's just, yeah. Um, so, uh, darts. Yeah, I don't know what it is. When the World Championships on, I like to watch it with my brother and my dad, and we always love it. So, I'm not, I'm not really too sure on other sports, but you can always get used to darts. Any, I'm not great myself, but it's easier to play, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm not great myself either, but it's, I prefer if I'm like going to a pub or something. That's, I'd prefer to play darts than play like pool or billiards yeah. or whatever you know what i mean like usually it's one of those options to play with other people otherwise you like go to a corner and play in a video game by yourself and then it's like why are you there with friends <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah um i'm trying to see uh i i i can be a dancer or a head nodder either one depends on my mood i've never really been a dancer myself um, see, see, it depends on who I'm there with. If I'm there with like a bunch of my friends and they're just like, yeah, I'll do something yeah, silly. Definitely. I'll be, I'll be, you know, but normally if I don't know anybody, it's, I am straight head nod. Yeah. Just by yourself in the corner. It's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's really, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. And I think we got explanations for these answers. Uh, so you're not a Star Wars guy, more of a Lord of the Rings guy. I, I am a Star Wars guy, definitely. But I always watch me and my mate always watch Lord of the Rings growing up, and we've always kind of stuck to it. But Star Wars is great as well. It's gone a bit downhill recently, though. It's not what anyone wants to see. But it's a, Star Wars is a weird, weird thing yeah. as a <laughs> cultural phenomenon. I grew up because I'm like super old. <laughs> um, I'm like almost Star Wars old, if that tells you anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I grew up watching those movies, like the originals, one, yeah. original ones. And I actually saw the third one, the Return of the Jedi, in the theater. 
And so that was like for the longest time, that was like my thing, you know. However, when I saw Lord of the Rings in the theater, it's kind of more of a transformative human experience. It, you know what I mean? They're too long, though, to just sit and watch that. That's my problem. But I've always really loved them. Yeah, well, I just got done showing my six year old. We watched the extended editions of all three Lord of the Rings movies. Dude, Not we, in one sitting. We'd have to repeat some of them. <laughs> yeah, but it was like we've had some bad weather recently, so they haven't been in school. So, yeah, so we just finished Return of the King. So now he's seen all of them. And uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's really, really distracting when he's pointing to some, to some of our food that we have. And telling telling our three year old, hey, look, it's orc blood. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't say that to the, the three year old. What's wrong with you? He's not gonna eat his food now. Oh, well. So yeah, and uh, and you watch a decent amount of La Liga compared to Bundesliga. Yeah, I mean, all the best players are in La Liga, so I'd I'd watch that I, over any other league. I tend to watch a lot of Bundesliga because they play that and Premier League here. Um, they don't really play La Liga on any channels. They play a lot of Bundesliga, and there's a lot of American players in Bundesliga. We we used to get a lot of La Liga in Serie A, but that's all moved to I think it's eleven sports now, so we can't watch it as much. But yeah, on a, on a, on a Sunday night watching Serie A, it's what my dad used to do. So yeah, I just end up doing. It. I would love to watch Serie A every once in a while, but it's like I'd have to have a different ESPN subscription. It's an additional ten dollars a month, and yeah. no, definitely I'm not. Poor. So, <laughs> no, man, this is good. Thanks so much for for being a good sport about all this. I think uh, go to Pottermore to figure out that that website. You can figure out what your house is. <laughs> oh, so you'll know you and your Gryffindor. Oh, sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So uh, very cool, man. Uh, thanks for being a good sport about this. Um, do you have a tune you want to close out to show the show to? Oh, uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart. Let's go for the Badal chant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, we were, we were on, uh, my son and I ended up getting on the Premier League productions. Like, Bennett came on with me to talk about Everton. All right. And, and yeah, Bennett chose to sing the Bernard chant. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, Love Will Tear Us Apart, closing out. And did you listen to that song often before people started chanting it? I, I had heard it before, yeah. So. I just wasn't sure if you listened to it often. Like, I didn't. Like, it's not on any playlist of mine. Yeah, no, I had, my, my dad used to play it, so I listened to it a bit. <laughs> right on. So, yeah, we just have to make sure we. We talk about the song some, which makes it allowed that we can play it. <laughs> That's the legal loophole here. <laughs> um, of course, I'm like spacing who actually sings that. Uh, Joy Division. It is Joy Division. Yeah, okay. I think so. It's like, that's that's from my era. <laughs> yeah. And of course, my brain was like, you will remember nothing when you need to. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, and by the way, uh, I need to listen to more Arctic Monkeys because my immediate answer is Oasis to that question. I, I think so. people normally pick Oasis, but some of my friends have always listened listen to Arctic Monkeys more, so I'm, I've just kind of got more into them. Yeah, when I found out how much like David, who comes on here sometimes, he he loves them, and I think Max does, so I've got to I need to do more of that. So, so as we listen to "Love Will Tear Us Apart" by Joy Division. Um, of course, you're imagining that they're saying Bernard, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, it's time to end the podcast. It's the it's the end of another big show. Uh, I want to tell everybody thanks so much for for listening to this to this uh, episode. Um, if you have been listening, uh, please subscribe to the Topic Blues podcast. We'd sincerely appreciate it. Uh, subs are always welcome, um, so it'll show up on your on your feed, and you'll know when new ones have dropped. There are advantages to subscribing, I, I, I assure you. Um, also, leave us a kind review that says <laughs> something like, Hey, Thomas was nice. Why not have him on more often? <laughs> something like that is fine. Personally. All right? But yeah, nice, kind reviews. Um, also, if you for some reason want to see our faces, if you get that weird inclination, check out the Topic Blues YouTube channel. 
You can see our faces there, but don't say I didn't warn you because I am there and you have to see me, sadly. <laughs> um, so uh, additionally, if you want more Thomas, check the Talk of Blues website because he has a lot of content on there. Should uh, also be having some football manager videos beginning to drop uh, in the coming weeks on Talk of Blues YouTube channel, so check out for that as well. Um, also, I mentioned the Talk of Blues website. Just look at it. There's a lot of really cool contributors on there putting a lot of new content on there. Uh, they are they're smart, and they, and they love everything, so why wouldn't you look at it? Yeah. That's also, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have no more plugging. <laughs> Sherry, unplugged. I am finished. Thomas, thanks so much for your time, man. It's been really great to, to talk to you face-to-face. Thank you for having me. Face-to-face, you know, through a computer. Through a computer, hey. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, appreciate it. Well done, man. Thanks for your time. And uh, everybody else out there, I guess uh, we'll be back later on the week with more content. So stay tuned. Otherwise... Happy working, everybody. Hope it's, hope it's <laughs> fun. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Bye.